The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Ashley Solis is the reason we're all here. Ashley Solis came to me and told me a very troubling story about Deshaun Watson. I spoke to her many different times. I discouraged her from coming forward. I discouraged her because I knew this would be the reaction. Ashley Solis is a very brave person. She's very brave. She was the first individual who filed a lawsuit. It is because of her bravery that we are here. She has been a pioneer. You have heard from the Watson team that they want to know the identity of these victims, that maybe they don't even exist, that we've been trying to hide their identity. Well, that is not true. That's Tony Busby, the attorney for 22 individuals who have sued Deshaun Watson at a press conference earlier today. That press conference, the events there, the things said, the aftermath and reaction to it will be the bulk of what we talk about today, because we have to. This is, in many ways, unprecedented. We are three weeks removed from when this first became something we even were aware of, Shereen. And today it took on a different feeling altogether. And as I said, we'll be discussing that for the bulk of the next hour. Good afternoon to you. How are you doing today? I'm good. I actually got to go out to the Cowboys today and shot a little video for a documentary they're doing on Darren Woodson. First time I had been to the Cowboys complex in more than a year, Mike. It's just so weird, right? But at least we're starting to feel some normalcy a little bit again. It is strange. More and more people getting vaccinated, though. We had family members on Easter Sunday over who were vaccinated. We were outside. It, it just feels like that that curtain is just slowly starting to go up and we can get back to at some point having a normal life again. The curtain is fully up now, though, on the allegations against Deshaun Watson. And I've been very critical of Tony Busby in the past. And frankly, he behaved today the way he should have behaved from the get-go. It should never have been about him. It always should have been about the victims. And it took him three weeks to find his footing, unless, unless, and I don't rule this out, unless he was engaged in some sort of a rope-a-dope strategy, which has been effective because it seems like he draws out reactions from Deshaun Watson's camp that then get turned back against them. And that's part of what happened today. But Busby was accompanied by several different people, but the most significant person who was there, a woman by the name of Ashley Solis, who was the first one who sued Watson three weeks ago today, exercising her privilege to proceed under a pseudonym. She now has decided to make her identity Known. She's spoken with police. We know who she is. And she spoke today reading from a statement during that press conference. Here is some of what Ashley Solis had to say. I was afraid. I'm not afraid anymore. I do exist. 
And we had to take back, uh, take back the power and take back control. I am a survivor of assault and harassment. Deshaun Watson is my assaulter and my harasser. Deshaun Watson assaulted and harassed me on March 30th, 2020 in my own home, doing what I love most, massage therapy. There was plenty more there, and we have a story at PFT with some other quotes from Ashley Solis. And when you hear the story told, and and again, these are allegations. Deshaun Watson is entitled to all of his rights, civil justice, criminal justice, whatever. When the person attaches her name to it, face, voice, tells the story, it, it takes on a far different vibe, a far different feeling a far different level of gravity than when it is just the lawyer who is having the press conference and talking in the way that lawyers tend to talk. So I think this did get everyone's attention who's been paying attention to the story. It should have gotten everyone's attention, and it definitely should get the attention of Deshaun Watson and the people advising him because, to me, Shireen, even though it's only been three weeks, it feels like it's been around a lot longer than that. Today is the day that it became extremely serious as it relates to individuals who are pursuing justice through the civil system and also now some of them through the criminal system against Deshaun Watson. You know, in his career, Mike, Deshaun Watson has 27 losses, including two in the postseason. Perhaps the biggest of that is against the Chiefs in the postseason two years ago. This today was the biggest loss for Deshaun Watson. I don't know how much of that statement that Ashley Solis wrote herself. It doesn't matter. It was powerful. It was compelling. It was an emotional. If I'm sitting on that jury, she was completely believable to me. And when she kept saying, I'm Ashley Solis, remember the name. I still have chills. And he has a huge uphill battle. If, if he didn't do this, I don't know how you, you prove that you didn't do it based on, on what she said today. I, I just thought it was extremely powerful, Mike. And, and, and she was believable, I thought. And, and she is one of 22. Tony Busby said there are five others that they evaluated and thought they could not make out a case on their behalf. The problem was, from Busby's perspective, and this was the reaction of somebody trying to be open-minded and fair to all sides involved, all parties involved, as more and more individuals sued under the Jane Doe pseudonym, and they were all represented by Tony Busby, and Busby was doing the things he was doing, the antics he was engaged in that made him the lightning rod for controversy and criticism, it was just getting to a point where where the circumstances cried out for more. And, and again, it's possible he is a next level genius and this was the way he always intended it to go, but this is the way it always should have been. It should be the individual. And it's not something that we should expect someone to do. I think part of what Busby also tried to do today through other individuals who were present and spoke briefly at the press conference, get people to understand why individuals don't go immediately to the authorities why they choose the civil courts, why they don't want to attach their names and faces, because you do open yourself up to the, the, the criticism, the reaction, the negativity that necessarily flows from anything like this in anything that goes on in today's climate where you can be 
spoken to via social media in a very direct and open and hostile way. She became the first to decide to speak in her voice present at the press conference. Another individual named Lauren Baxley has allowed herself to be disclosed. She wrote a letter to Deshaun Watson that was read by one of Tony Busby's colleagues. And one of the things Busby said near the end, hey, this may prompt some of the other individuals who are suing Deshaun Watson to do the same. There's strength in numbers. You see that if one comes forward, you see what the reaction is and you realize it's okay and it actually may be part of the healing process for the people who believe they've been through this kind of trauma. So there could be more. And all it takes is one. That's the thing. All it takes is one. And I found Ashley Solis credible. I found it compelling. And it humanizes allegations that otherwise had been made anonymously to the point where that was one of Rusty Harden's top arguments, Shireen, on behalf of Deshaun Watson. And it seemed to be working to a certain extent when you release 18 statements from massage therapists on the record with their names, it juxtaposes against 22 where you don't know who any of them are. And it it does allow for, to the extent that Harden's trying to represent Watson, it does allow for that pushback. Who are these people? Who are these people? And I think at a certain level today, Busby's unspoken message to Rusty Harden and Deshaun Watson was, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, Mike, before today, Tony Busby was the face of these lawsuits. He was the name behind these lawsuits. There were no other names. There were no other faces. Today, we got a face and we got a name. And she said, my name is Ashley Solis. Remember the name. And I think that humanized it. It it put everything in perspective that uh, that these lawsuits are about. And I just thought it was huge. Um, and, and how you defend against that, you're the lawyer, but, but I don't know now what your next step is if you're Rusty Harden, because to me, this has become very problematic uh, for them because we have names, two names at least, and we have faces. And as you said, it only takes to, to prove one of these, right? And, and he's in a world of hurt. You said yesterday, Mike, that we have to acknowledge at least that there's a possibility that Deshaun Watson will never play again in the NFL, Yesterday, I was thinking after you said that, I'm saying, yeah, okay, yeah, we have to acknowledge it, but there's no possible way. Everybody gets a second chance in the NFL. After hearing what I heard today, I think there's a very real possibility that Deshaun Watson never plays another down in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Shireen. And again, this is just the first of 22 stories that eventually will be told in civil court, potentially in criminal court, depending upon whether and to what extent a prosecutor goes forward. But the reason I said what I said yesterday, even though the standard of proof is extremely high in criminal court, proof beyond a reasonable doubt, we saw 26 years ago what that means in the context of O.J. Simpson, how difficult it can be to avoid creating any amount of reasonable doubt that would avoid a conviction. But if Ashley Solis tells a compelling story to a prosecutor and that prosecutor decides, I'll just let her tell her story. I'll let her tell her story. Where's the reasonable doubt in her story? Now, 
that story will be subject to rigorous cross-examination. That's part of the right of confrontation that every criminal defendant has. But if you believe that that story will come out of that rigorous cross-examination unscathed, and then Deshaun Watson exercises his Fifth Amendment right to not testify, maybe you have overcome the very high standard of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And that's when Deshaun Watson has to worry about not playing, not because the league has given him a lifetime ban, but because for the remainder of his life that he otherwise would be young enough and healthy enough to play football, he's going to be behind bars, depending upon some of these claims. Now, the Ashley Solis claims, I I don't know, and I haven't researched the Texas laws as to what level of crime, misdemeanor, felony, et cetera. Some of the allegations made in the 22 lawsuits, if made in a criminal setting, if ultimately accepted by a jury, if regarded as being sufficient proof beyond a reasonable doubt of criminal misconduct could result in lengthy prison stays for Deshaun Watson. That's why I said what I said. We just don't know at this point. And now for the first time, there is that human element other than the lawyer, which never is regarded as the human element after practicing for 18 years. I can I can acknowledge that we're not the people who were directly involved. We have a job to do. When you hear from the people directly involved, Shireen, that's when it all changes. And I think that for the league, for the Texans, for Deshaun Watson, for everyone involved, it all changed today. And I hope that everyone paying attention to the story will watch the press conference. It's readily available on YouTube. Watch it. It's worth your time to the extent that you're going to have any reaction or any thought or any discussion privately, publicly, wherever you need to be informed and you need to have that human reaction. That I think we all had when we heard her story. And it almost, yeah, no Shereen, and look, no we're, we're, we're going to talk, we're going to talk later. I'm sorry. Just let, let me add one thing. We're going to talk later about the initial reaction from Rusty Harden. But thinking about this now, as we talk it through, it, it almost compels Deshaun Watson to tell his story publicly now. That's the only way that this even gets back to a point where we feel like it's 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 even again. If if that's I mean, we know whatever happened, happened and somebody's going to figure out what happened. But I feel like from the standpoint of how we all have reacted reasonably to what we heard today, I, I feel like we need to hear from Deshaun Watson and see him and he and hear his story in order to assess what we are expected to or able to process and believe at this point, if that makes any sense at all. It does, Mike. And you go back to to what Rusty Harden put out last week from the women who spoke on the record. They didn't dispute much of what these other women are saying happened, right? I mean, we we know. I mean, they they've confirmed that he had a ton of massages from different people. Some of them found off of Instagram. Some of them were recommended from other people. Whatever, but. That those statements to me confirm much of what we've heard from these women who are actually suing Deshaun Watson. Now, whether they had different experiences or whatever the case may be, as you have said repeatedly, all 40 of these women, I think that's the number now. I keep forgetting the number. It's probably over 40 now. I think it's 42 possibly now. But all of these women, it's possible that, that, that they're all telling the truth, as you've said, Mike. But that's problematic because you have these 22 women who are suing him, and, and now we've heard the story from them. One thing I think is, is really different about this, you know, you talked about the reason women don't want to come forward in these cases, and it's true. I mean, 
the criticism that, especially when it's against an athlete, the criticism, right, the negativity, the hostile environment it puts these women in uh, publicly once their name is attached with something like this. But what's different about this is I think Texans fans, many of them had already moved on from Deshaun Watson because he wanted to be traded out of Houston. So that's what's what's different, I think, in this is I don't know how much these women are going to be facing hostility from Texans fans that they might otherwise have if Deshaun Watson is absolutely beloved in Houston because he's not. And and I think now in many people's eyes, he's turned into a villain and it's up to Rusty Harden and Deshaun Watson to figure out how to swing this back in their favor. And, and they got a long way to go to figure out how to do that, Mike. You mentioned the 18 individuals last week who attached names to their statements. Now, some of those individuals did take what I thought were gratuitous shots at the plaintiffs and the credibility of their claims without having any facts other than he never did anything untoward or improper to me. Tony Busby took aim at one of the 18 individuals who were on the record last week because Busby contends he's obtained evidence of social media direct messages that would undercut the version that was provided last week. Let's hear from Tony Busby, the B clip where he talks about the evidence that they have compiled relating to one of the 18 women who spoke out last week. Packet number one of these individuals that was released said, I've been providing massage therapy to Deshaun in 2018 and massaged him at least 40 times since then. I've never had a single uncomfortable or inappropriate experience with Deshaun. That was the statement that was released. Let me read to you the direct message that this individual sent that we now have a copy of. I told you I stopped working with him. Yeah, why? Because I was hearing too much stuff about him messing with other people like other therapists and estheticians. He's been doing a lot the last three or four months. I even told his ass he needed to be careful because his name getting around. I just hope don't nobody call me to question me. That's two different stories. That's definitely two different stories. And based upon the statements that were issued last week, he was quoting from an individual named Jazz Brooks, and she will be hearing from somebody. Houston police, Tony Busby, Someone serving her a subpoena at some point, she's going to have some questions to answer about what she said in that direct message, assuming that that what Tony Busby's telling us is 100 percent accurate. I don't want to just treat it as gospel truth, but I doubt that he would have been making those statements in an open forum today, Shireen, if he wasn't pretty damn certain that they have the messages from this same person saying those things. So yeah, he didn't do it to me, but somebody who's in the massage therapy industry, hearing about it to the point where she said something to him about it, he better watch himself. And, and you know, that that's the flip side of this problem. When you go out and find 18 people who are supporting your cause, you better be damn sure that all 18 of those people are going to be able to withstand rigorous questioning because if Tony Busby can start flipping them into witnesses for him, that's when you got an even larger problem than you had going in, Shereen. Yeah, no question about it, Mike. And and we've seen 
presumably one of the 18 flips. So you know they're going to be digging into the other 17 to figure out when and where and why and how and exactly what happened. So uh, there's there's going to be this thing's going to drag out for a long time, Mike, and it's not going to end anytime soon. And it's Deshaun Watson. Uh, is going to face a lot more pressure in this over the next few months, and it's getting hotter and hotter by the day. And if you're a lawyer, Mike, what's your next move? If you is it Deshaun Watson telling his his story? I, I don't know. I really don't. We're gonna. I, I want to have a little bit of a chance to process the Rusty Harden statement before we talk about it after our first break. I I have a feeling that the statement that was issued by Rusty Harden is probably not something I would have done. I mean, my feeling for the last two weeks has been you need to find a way to resolve these matters to the satisfaction of everyone involved. So the individuals feel like they've been heard. Deshaun Watson feels like he's had a chance to be heard. The end result is satisfactory to everyone involved. It may be too late for that now. Today may be the day that the bridge was crossed and these cases just have to play themselves out for a while. There may be an appropriate time to try to resolve one more or all of the cases later. But look, anything you say, Cannon, will be used against you. That's just not the Miranda warnings. That's reality. Anything a defendant in a civil case or a criminal case says publicly, those words can be repeated in court. You say it privately, those words can be repeated in court. Hearsay you know, if you know anything about hearsay, well, I said it out of court. Well, it doesn't matter if it's the person who's accused, if the person who's sued, the person who's on trial, anything they say anywhere can be used against them. So if he would give a press conference, everything he says there could be picked apart and used against him later in a search for inconsistencies. Lawyers are always looking for inconsistencies because the existence of inconsistencies will demean the credibility of the person who is telling the story. And that that's a little glimmer of what we're going to talk about as it relates to Harden's statement, the search for inconsistencies in the stories that are told. Before we get to that, though, the NFL's comment on this matter, we reached out to them immediately after the press conference ended, said Brian McCarthy, NFL spokesman, the allegations are deeply disturbing and we take these issues very seriously. Immediately following news of the first allegations last month, as has been reported, we initiated an investigation under the NFL's personal conduct policy. We're continuing to closely monitor all developments in the matter. You may recall Busby actually posted on social media the letter that he got from Lisa Friel, who's in charge of these issues, these matters, these investigations for the NFL. And we're told that the league has been in contact with Busby. And the request from the league was to, to have cooperation from these individuals. So if Ashley Solis tells her story, to Lisa Freel or anyone else at the NFL. If these other individuals tell their story to the NFL, that increases the likelihood that the NFL will take action. And frankly, Shireen, based upon today's developments, I think there's no way the league can avoid putting Deshaun Watson on the commissioner exempt list. Paid leave. And usually the league would say in the offseason, there's nothing to there's nothing to put him on paid leave from. There's not there's no football going on. Yeah. Let's wait until we have to do it. I think this is, and it's only been around seven years, this concept of paid leave. I think this is the, the first occasion where the off-season issue has gotten so significant that, that they just need to do it now. So they send a message to anyone who's paying attention that they are engaged and they get it. Yeah, he's not getting paid for anything right now. Like, they only get paid during the season. So he's not getting paid 
But I do think it sends a message, Mike, like you said, and I think it's important for the NFL to do this, to put him on the commissioner exempt list. And, and he'll stay on there until they decide he's coming off, which probably means when the investigation over. And I find it highly likely that he's not going to play during 2021. I, I just don't think that's going to be possible. So he'll probably remain on that list for the entire season, as he should based on this, unless he can somehow get this cleared up. Uh, in some way before the start of the season, which just doesn't seem possible. And, and I can't imagine that happening. I just can't imagine it happening. And, you know, I'll leave it for another time to talk about the financial ramifications of the NFL doing something now versus doing something later. But I just think from the standpoint of what's right and what's wrong, and in order to send a message to everyone out there who regards these issues as important as we all should. I, I just think taking the position of it's not football season, so there's nothing for us to do. I don't think that's going to fly. And I think they are going to need to do something sooner rather than later as it relates to Deshaun Watson. Lauren Baxley is the other individual who became known to us today. She was not ready to meet reporters and I can imagine how intimidating it must be to be in that setting and speaking and being scrutinized and being studied and then it ends up on YouTube and social media. She wrote a letter that was provided to Tony Busby and he had one of his colleagues read the letter during the press conference. Here's some of what Lauren Baxley had to say via one of the lawyers working for the Busby law firm. How can such a good man do such terrible things? and with frequency and total disregard for his abuse victims. You are not a good man. Anything good that you have done is poisoned by your true nature. Maybe you suffered abuse yourself in the past, and maybe you have genuinely attempted to convince yourself as much as us, your victims, and the general public that you are without fault. Maybe you need intensive and professional long-term help but that does not humanize you or the terrors you have inflicted upon countless powerless women. I have written this upon the recommendation of my trauma therapist to forgive myself for not speaking up sooner, to forgive myself for not being braver. But I've also written this so that you can know without excuse or justification that you have deeply and irreversibly brought terror to me and others. Again, that was not Lauren Baxley, but that was her letter to Deshaun Watson that she has written as part of her healing process. Part of that reminded me of one of the comments from Ashley Solis that really resonated with me when she said, we were all deceived into thinking Deshaun Watson was a good guy. And unfortunately, we know that good guys can do terrible things. So to summarize, two individuals now of the 22 have made their names known whether that results in more remains to be seen, Shireen. But everything changes once we see the names, once we hear the words directly from the individuals, and in the case of Ashley Solis, once we have an opportunity to, to hear her deliver her story about what occurred. And we're up to two, right, criminal, the, who have filed criminal charges, uh, away from Tony Busby. Tony Busby hasn't done it, but two women have filed criminal charges, right, with the Houston Police Department as well, Mike. Ashley Solis went 
to the police without Busby's involvement. Remember there was that weird angle last week that Busby was yeah, coming right. up with a bizarre reason for not going to the Houston police. And that that was his biggest misstep of the last three weeks because that was not credible. It made no sense. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it set the stage for the attack that he ended up enduring from Rusty Harden in the court of public opinion. But Ashley Solis, another individual, maybe one more, have spoken to police so far. And justice can be pursued in two primary ways, criminal and civil. And these individuals have every right within the appropriate statute of limitations to wait and file suit. It's two years in most jurisdictions for something like this. You can wait all the way up until the two-year anniversary and then file suit. And that doesn't say anything about whether your case has merit or doesn't. And then the criminal side is something else that can be pursued, and that's what's happening. Now, on the civil side, this is where it gets interesting as it relates to the Texans and potentially expensive as it relates to the Texans. Because when Busby had a chance to speak today, he and, and good lawyers know how to just sprinkle the ideas out there and hope that people in the media will catch on to what it is that they're saying. I think Busby, Shireen, is going to explore very carefully whether and to what extent the Texans knew or should have known that Watson was engaging in inappropriate conduct via this vast array of private massages when he had at his disposal a massage anytime he wanted one for sports reasons from the Texans facility. And Busby said that there were referrals to massage therapists made by members of the Texans organization. There was equipment that was used by Deshaun Watson and Busby planted the seed that that and raised the very important question. At what point as an organization do you have an obligation to ask questions about what's going on here? Here's some of Busby on that point. Packet number two. And these are all arranged that way and we'll put them online that way as well. Package number two is where Deshaun Watson reaches out to a woman in Atlanta, Georgia. While he's in Houston. Hear what I'm saying. He reaches out to a woman via direct message on Instagram who's located in Atlanta, Georgia. He does this while he's in Houston. He asks her for massage. He tells her he'll fly her in. He buys her a plane ticket. He arranges for her Uber from the airport. He Ubers her to the Houstonian. She says, I don't have a table. I'm not bringing a table with him. He says, I'll borrow one from the team. He borrows a table from the Houston Texans. He does this many different times in these massage instances. In some cases, he asks them, can you just massage me on the bed? When they insist on a table, he borrows it from the Houston Texans. In some of these instances, we know that it was personnel from the Houston Texans who made the referral who helped him arrange the massage. And again, Busby eventually said, even though he's not commenting on what the Texans knew and when they knew it, you have some obligation to ask some questions at some point as these things are happening. Now, what Busby was also doing there, Shereen, talking about bringing someone in from Georgia to Texas, setting up the potential for a violation of trafficking laws and potential federal criminal involvement to the extent that there were individuals brought in from other states by Deshaun Watson. That's another angle and another direction this can go. And he's clearly trying 
to establish that. Yeah, though he didn't take many questions, Mike, and there were only a couple at the end, but those were the two questions. One, one was about trafficking, and I think we have four states now that are involved in this. And the second question was, what did the Texans know and when did they know it? And that's when he answered, he doesn't know at this point, but is going to find out. Two very good questions from the Houston Press Corps there, veteran news reporters were, were there, but he didn't take a whole lot of questions, but I thought those were two very good questions to ask at the end of that press conference. What we're going to do is take a quick break. When we return, the response from Rusty Harden on behalf of Deshaun Watson as we continue this Tuesday edition of PFT PM here on Peacock right after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Tuesday edition of PFTPM, one of the things that Tony Busby had said on multiple occasions in the past is that this case is not about the money. Now, I personally believed his basis, the facts that he would point to in support of that were somewhat disingenuous because he cited that the cases seek the jurisdictional minimum amount. Well, that's not the maximum That's just the minimum to get you through the door. And the civil justice system is premised in large part on money changing hands to rectify wrongdoing. It's not an eye for an eye. It is you harm me and you will compensate me for the harm that you've done. That's how it works. That's why it's a civil justice system. It's not street justice. It's not shotgun justice. It's civil justice. And I say all that because during her statement today, Ashley Solis said this, people say that I'm doing this just for money. That is false. I come forward now so that Deshaun Watson does not assault another woman. That's what she said today in her words. And that has become the focal point of the response from Rusty Hart. And let me just say this to any lawyer out there or anyone else who's involved in any type of argument. You don't always have to have a response. It's not required. Sometimes the best response is no response. And based on what I've seen so far of the Rusty Harden response, frankly, and with all due respect, and I understand he's a man who's got a long, distinguished legal career and he's served his clients well, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know that this is the best move that you make, Shireen, when you attack Ashley Solis, when she says people say I'm doing this just for money, that is false, to show that there were settlement talks 
before her case was filed in which $100,000 was requested in settlement of the case. And the statement is lengthy from Rusty Hart. I think that's mistake number one. If you can't make your point quickly, maybe you shouldn't be making that point. But it is a long and rambling statement that tries to show, frankly, well, here's what it's trying to show. It's trying to show that Ashley Solis is a liar. She says it's not about money. It is about money. They asked for $100,000. But her quote, which leads the statement, people say I'm doing this just for money. Well, it can be for money and for other things. Money is the way that justice is meted out in the civil justice system. Money is the way that you get the powerful to pay attention to the powerless. That's how you level the playing field. That is the penalty that ultimately is imposed upon someone who does something wrong. I, I, I just I think that the idea, Shireen, of attacking her based upon that one limited statement. And, and, and it's not like she said it's not about the money at all. She said, I'm not doing it just for money. You can do it for multiple things. I just think this is a huge misstep. And they took a few hours before they published this thing. They need a, a conscience in there. They need somebody there who can speak hard truths to the folks who are getting whipped up into these ideas. And I've been involved in that group think when you have too many people who are obsessed with representing the client, obsessed with setting the stage for winning. You need a conscience in the room who can push back and say, are, are, are we sure? Are, are, are we sure this is the right thing to do? Because my read of this statement so far, and again, we haven't had an extensive chance to fully digest it, but what I see in here and I see the approach they're taking, this is a huge misstep by Rusty Harden, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. First time I saw it, Mike, I was like, oh, what are you doing? Because it looks like a, a direct attack on Ashley Solis, who, again, was believable at the press conference. She was emotional at the press conference. I, I, I believed her after listening to her. I thought she was credible uh, in what she said. And, and then you go and you attack her. And it, look, I have no problem with her going and trying to seek a settlement from, from Deshaun Watson. As you said, that's part of the civil process. That's that's what happens in a civil process. That's how the guy is punished in a civil process. And so I have no problem with that. So I don't read that going, well, she was trying to blackmail him. So her everything she says is wrong. No, that I, I don't believe that. So I don't think they did their client any good in releasing the statement. And as you said, it's way too long, takes people way too long to read to get to the point and just looks to me like an attack on Ashley Solis. So I, if I'm the client at this point, I am thinking to myself, what are you doing as my attorney? And, and here is the statement from Scott Gaffield of Athletes First. It was the, not a statement, but it was the content of an email, February 19, to Tony Busby when they were in the process of discussing a potential settlement and when Busby had demanded $100,000 after they had gone back and forth about possible ways to resolve this. What Gaffield, again, who represents Watson, said is, wanted to check in to see if Ms. Solis wanted to either help us understand the rationale between or behind, excuse me, the $100,000 demand or come back with a different figure. 
As I said last week, we don't believe that the alleged facts show that Deshaun did anything wrong with regard to Ms. Solis, but we are nevertheless happy to continue the conversation around a reasonable settlement figure because we believe he can learn a lesson about having put himself in this situation. Why in the world do you make that public, Shireen? Why in the world? Well, I know, I mean, I, I, I know why. Rusty Harden's making it public, and I think Scott Gaffield would be in a position to say you have breached the etiquette here because these are confidential communications. My point is, why do you say that and have that kind of conciliatory tone? Remember the first statement from Deshaun Watson three weeks ago? It was like, oh, we got that settlement demand, and we just we just ignored it. This is not ignoring it. This is acknowledging there's a lesson to be learned. This is acknowledging that there is reason to have this conversation, that there is reason to have a more reasonable outcome than $100,000. But I, I, I don't, I don't, I, and, and, and that, well, they are making it public. I'm sorry. What am I talking about? There's no breach of etiquette here. It's Again, we're statement. processing all of this in real time. It's his statement. It's, it's so incredible to me. Here's where I make an excuse for making a mistake that I can't even process that you would put that statement out there yourself, which is what they did. They're putting this out there into the public discussion that they reacted to the settlement demand by saying, we're nevertheless happy to continue the conversation around a reasonable figure because we believe he can learn a lesson about having put himself in this situation. Again, it contradicts the tone of the content of that notes app message that was tweeted by Deshaun Watson three weeks ago. That's the problem. Every time Rusty Harden thinks he's got a silver bullet, Shereen, it ends up being a boomerang. Yep. And this one is definitely not a silver bullet, and it's definitely a boomerang. Yeah, basically what they're saying is, hey, we're willing to give you some cash. We're just not going to give you $100,000, come up with a different figure, and we're willing to pay you off and make you go away. And they didn't do that. And frankly, if they had paid her $100,000 at the time, they're probably not facing any of this, right? None of this other stuff comes out. She was the first. Ashley Solis was the first to file. And then it was a domino effect after that. So this, to me, just makes her statement even stronger than, than what we heard today from Ashley Solis, Mike. It, it basically confirms a lot of the things that, that she said. I, uh, I just don't understand how they think this approach is going to work. On the same afternoon that we saw a compelling and heartfelt explanation by Ashley Solis as to what transpired to attack her by, and again, as I said earlier, you're, you're focusing on the one sentence where, he, where she says, people say this is just about money, that is false. It can be about multiple things. It doesn't, it just, it's, you, you, they, they, they've completely missed the mark here in an effort to tear her down. And I think the reaction to this is going to be swift. It's going to be negative, And it's not going to help Deshaun Watson. As I said earlier, when you get into these echo chambers where you have everyone who's on the same side working toward the same end, you need to have a voice. And if you don't have the ability to do it yourself, you need to have someone in the room who is saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And they clearly don't have that when they're crafting these statements because these are doing, frankly, more harm than good in my mind, Shireen. And I don't know at this point, Mike, that there's anything that helps Deshaun Watson. I think this is too far gone with with 40 women now speaking out, 22 are 
had civil suits against him. And Busby said today that he turned down five others that he didn't find credible. He didn't find anything to back their their claims up. So they have turned down some as well. So uh, who knows how many more there are out there, Mike, too. And who's to say that some of the 18 that were on Deshaun Watson's side at one point don't file their own complaints against him. So I don't know where this thing's going to end, but it certainly does not look for good for Deshaun Watson right now. Well, as we discussed in the last segment, they clearly didn't fully vet one of the 18 because Busby believes he's got something that would be akin to a smoking gun as it relates to that individual. And there's 17 others where they can try to develop the same type of information. Let's take a break. There's other news in the NFL today, especially as it relates to quarterbacks, especially as it relates to the Jets. We'll talk about what some of general manager Joe Douglas had to say about the trade that sent Sam Darnold to Carolina when PFTPM continues right after this. I know it's a pandemic, and I definitely am in favor of fewer people than more people being present for a celebration, but that fell a little flat as you walked through the door. Maybe that's not the video that you put on social media when they walk in, <laughs> and the reaction is like, oh, and there's like five people in the room. Anyway, Sam Darnold, he was putting on that Carolina blue hat at the end because he's now a member of the Carolina Panthers as he starts stage two of his NFL career, Shireen. And, and uh, Joe Douglas, the Jets GM, met with reporters today. He was asked questions about what this means for the Jets moving forward with the second overall pick in the draft. And there was an interesting exchange as it relates to inside information that Steve Young believes that he has regarding the Jets' plans. Here's the back and forth with Joe Douglas. Think of Steve Young's comments on the radio. Apparently, he did some detective work and spoke to some members of the coaching staff, and he said the Jets are, quote, committed to Zach Wilson. Uh, Steve's, uh, Steve's plugged into uh, BYU pretty well. Um, I know uh, it, it, it was good being out there at the pro day and uh, just had an opportunity to you know, speak to his representatives, um, say hello to a couple members of his family quickly. Um, and, you know, BYU put on a, a great pro day for, for the entire NFL first class, uh, first class organization. And uh, it, it was a good day out there. You know, um, like I said, we're, we're excited about this class and we're excited about this quarterback class. So uh, we still have a lot of our process left uh, in these three plus weeks leading up to the draft and a lot of productive conversations, conversations in the future coming up. No reason to be coy when you are on the clock after Trevor Lawrence is taken by the Jaguars. And the worst possible outcome would be that the Jaguars don't take Trevor Lawrence and then you can take Trevor Lawrence. Either way, the Jets are guaranteed to get a great quarterback. It's going to be Lawrence. It's going to be Wilson. And it sure sounds like it's going to be Wilson. Yeah, doesn't it, Mike? I, I'm going to be very surprised that the Jets don't take Wilson. And one thing that's intriguing to me, when you go back and you look at the 49ers trade up to number three, they never called the Jets, right? And you think about all the people who have gone from the 49ers to the Jets, 
And I'm sure they had some sort of intel that the Jets were locked in on a quarterback, and they probably know who the Jets are locked in on, which is we all expect to be Zach Wilson. So they were going to get their guy at number three. That's why you pull the trigger on that trade at that time, because you know you can get your guy that you want at number three. So all signs, Mike, point to Zach Wilson going to the Jets. He's a cheaper option than Sam Darnold was about to be who will be on his fifth-year option in 2022, last year of his rookie deal coming up this year. A cheaper option, and they think an upgrade. Otherwise, you don't make this deal. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a team that is trying to find a franchise quarterback. The three categories of teams, you remember, one, the team that has the franchise quarterback, two, the team that's desperately looking for one, and three, the team that has a guy that they're not quite sure about. Well, they got rid of the guy they're not quite sure about, so now they're back to category two, desperately looking for their next franchise quarterback. We did a draft earlier today on PFT Live, Shireen, of all of the disappointing Jets quarterbacks over the years from Richard Todd to Browning Nagel, and the list goes on and on. And and the reality is, if you take your shot and it works, great. You got a quarterback for 10, 15, maybe 20 years, given the way that quarterbacks are protecting themselves and, and working out and eating right and focused on their career and their craft. And if it doesn't work out, you'll be back in two or three years to do it again, just like the Jets were after giving up three second-round picks to move from six to three three years ago to get Sam Darnold. Maybe a different GM, maybe a different coach, still the same team. And the team's goal is to get that franchise quarterback. Douglas also acknowledged that it's important not to just have a franchise quarterback, but to make sure that you have enough pieces around that quarterback to be successful. Here's Douglas on the supporting cast for their next franchise quarterback, at least hopeful franchise quarterback. There's a lot of people fired up in this building about not only the talent, that we brought into the building and in, in the locker room, but the caliber of character that we, uh, we signed and brought into this locker room. So, um, you know, we talk about the, the, those acquisitions. And then, like I mentioned earlier, these assets that we have through the draft. And so it's incumbent on, on us to uh, get these decisions, right. Um, whether it's turning the card in, turning the pick in or, or trading uh, for, for a, a proven commodity, you know, we, we have to, uh, surround our uh, next quarterback quarterback uh, with as much talent as possible. They've got two first-round picks this year, two first-round picks next year. They've picked up more, and they really didn't give up. You know, well, they, 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 don't give, they, they got a little bit more, not much for Sam Darnold, but, but they're in great shape to build a young team around him. But you do have to get the picks right, and that's on Joe Douglas, who's been doing a lot over the past couple of years to clean up the messes made by his predecessors. And that's why the Jets are in the position they're in right now is because they didn't draft that well. And when they got it right, say a Jamal Adams, they traded that piece away. Leonard Williams traded that piece away. So when they've gotten it right, they haven't held on to those guys. But, Mike, they do have six of the first 107 picks in this draft. They're going to get an opportunity to really build around Zach Wilson or whoever they choose at quarterback moving forward so they're going to get a lot of starters presumably out of this draft they just got to make sure that they draft wisely and they end up with a lot of starters out of this draft the best approach have maximum lottery tickets they are all unscratched lottery tickets and you get a lot of them and you're going to get some players who can help your team get better we're going to take a break and we'll wrap up this tuesday edition of pftpm by answering some of your questions we'll do that next here on peacock we'll be right back 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Time for just a few questions today. We invited any and all that we get, and we picked out the best one. Shereen at Robert Fenbers wants to know, the Browns' most impressive victory next season, opponent and score. I, I left my crystal ball downstairs, Shereen. Do you have any thoughts on the Browns' most impressive win oh. next year and maybe what the score will be? You know, 100 to nothing? Well, you know, when I read that, I was thinking it said last year's most impressive win, and I'm thinking, well, of course, it's the Steelers in the postseason, right? I think they sweep the Steelers next year. I I'll say that. I'll go there. I think they're going to have a better team than the Steelers. I'm going to say they're going to sweep the Steelers this season. I don't know what the scores are going to be. The Steelers killed them in the first game, and then they got the Steelers twice uh, in two weeks in a row, by the way. Uh, including in the postseason, so I, I'm going to go with that. That they're going to they're going to sweep the Steelers, and that'll be their big uh, big mark for this year. And I won't go a hundred to nothing, but I vividly recall Week One, 1989, Steelers at the Browns. Or actually, it was Browns at the Steelers to make it even worse. The Steelers were the home team for this debacle. Fifty-one to nothing was the win by the Browns over the Steelers. So maybe they'll get to do it in week one again this year, picking up right where they left off with the win in Pittsburgh in the playoffs, go into a full, potentially, Heinz Field and get the 51 to nothing win as a bookend 32 years after the fact of what they did uh, once upon a time at Three Rivers Stadium. At Nick West 14, if Aaron Rodgers gets the full-time Jeopardy hosting gig, which he clearly wants, isn't it plausible he play one season and just rides off into his 30 years of Jeopardy. You know, we've talked about this a lot of different ways, Shireen. Could he get Jeopardy to wait until after the season and then he takes the job? He thinks he can double dip. Some think he could like tape a, a whole football season of shows before football season even begins. I don't think the producers would be into that. But I, I if he gets offered the job, I think he's going to find a way to take the job, however much more football he can play. Yeah, and I do think, Mike, if there's an MVP award and a Super Bowl attached to the season, I think he could ride off into the sunset like Peyton Manning did and John Elway did. I do think this could be his last year, but can he do that? I don't know. We're going to find out. But if Jeopardy wants him, I think he's going to Jeopardy. Last one from the real Swolpez is Denver pressed to trade up in the draft. Divisions only getting better and another bad year can cost Fangio his job. Here's the easy answer to that one. 
George Payton doesn't care if Vic Fangio gets fired. Look, this is how it works. New GM wants his own coach. He can say whatever he wants. George Payton has been walking around with 15 years of lists in his in his pants pocket of the guys that he would want to hire as head coach. And he's going to do what's right for the team. He's not going to do what's right for Vic Fangio. And if they stink this year and Vic Fangio gets fired, then George Payton can hire whoever it is. Is at the top of that list of the guys that he wants to hire to be his head coach, Shereen? Yeah, I think Teddy we talked about could be a good bridge quarterback, no pun intended, in Denver. And then they go back to the drawing board maybe after next season. They see what Teddy can become at 28 years old. So that would be a possibility there. I don't think they're pressed, Mike, to go find that quarterback because George Payton's new on the job. He's not pressed to get it done this year. And think about what the cost will be. The Falcons supposedly interested in trading out of the four spot. What, what would it take to go up five spots? It would not be cheap when you consider what the 49ers gave up to go from 12 to three. Thanks for some of your time today. We'll be back bright and early tomorrow morning with a new edition of PFT Live. Enjoy your evening. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.